Hello and welcome to the Mr. Relevant Podcast. It is Wednesday, July 24th. I'm your well-rested host, Jamie Modrum. And joining me to get off some of those Game of Thrones takes, it's Matt Turrell. Hey, Matt. Yeah, nothing's more timely than a Game of Thrones take. How are you, Jamie? I'm good. When did Thrones end? Was that May? Was it June? I, it feels like decades ago, man. Yeah, so why are we talking? Because the Redskins training camp? Is that yeah, allegedly. Start? Allegedly training camp starts today. And uh, I have uh, no insight or anything, so I really wanted to share all of that with everybody. Well, it had been too long. I missed you. Um, so, you know, when I got the email or Gchat or whatever it was from you with a lengthy rundown of topics, let's do this. Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, I really want to move us in a more professional direction. Uh, so I really wanted to script this up and really write down some things to talk about. Let, let's do it. All right. There's like 13 things on this list. Not all of them are Redskins. And I want to get through them all. So okay. let's just start with the first thing. Uh, as you called it, a pulse check. Where are you at with overall enthusiasm for this team as training camp starts? Well, my enthusiasm is low, Jamie. It is pretty low. How about you? <laughs> Higher than me yeah. or just in general? Yeah, well, higher than usual and almost certainly higher than you. Really? Why higher than usual? I'm actually, I'm genuinely surprised by that. Well, I just think this is like your standard, like Gruden era Redskins team, meaning they're in that seven to nine win range, I, I think, I guess. But there's also a franchise quarterback component and that's exciting. Yeah, but I see, maybe this is just me doing my negative thing, but I agree with everything you're saying, except I feel like instead of starting the franchise quarterback, they're going to start like Colt McCoy and that I'm already bored by that. It hasn't even happened yet. That's going to be rough. So, yes. So this is about enthusiasm, right? Like I'm enthusiastic. I'm, I'm anxiously awaiting like the Dwayne Haskins reports over the next five weeks or six weeks, however long we have before the season begins. I, I'm anxious to see him play in the preseason i'm excited about it that enthusiasm could be gone by week one if like he has no chance to start based on performance and it's case keenum time or or whatever Uh, but right now you know the sky's the limit all right fair enough i'll buy that and i will say i'm very enthusiastic for like football season to get here i'm just my redskins enthusiasm is uh not high uh i i haven't jumped ahead yet but uh i saw yeah, I, I, maybe one of your items here is like, you know, predict the record or whatever. Um, I saw Nate Davis from USA Today did his like predicted records for all 32 teams. And he had the Redskins at three and 13. Now, I, look, I mean, who knows? There's just one guy throwing out numbers. But to peg the skins for three wins is either. Well, I hope it's extreme. If it's spot on, we're in trouble. Yeah, I, I mean. It's annoying. We can, like you said, we can get to it later. Or we can talk about it now. But they sure don't feel like a three and thirteen team to me. They feel like a seven and nine team to me again. Yet yeah, again. I mean, you I know? don't know. Like they have at least an average to maybe plus defense. They have like guys coming in to couple with Peterson and running back. They have either Keenum or McCoy or Haskins instead of Alex Smith. You know, like I, I don't know. They last season they started six and three. They cratered to seven, nine, seven and nine. It just seems most likely that like a, a, a kind of baseline for this team would be in like around seven wins. Yeah, totally. Maybe, maybe five or six if it's like totally goes sideways. But I don't know. Three and thirteen. That just doesn't seem like a, uh, 
a likely outcome. No, I agree with you on that. So uh, maybe that means I am enthusiastic and optimistic. I mean, I'm over three and 13. More so than, than Nate Davis, perhaps. Nate Davis, nice guy, by the way. I would not characterize him as enthusiastic. I've worked with Nate. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't describe him that way. Uh, but, um, you know, good dude. Okay. Story you're most interested in for training camp, if any. I love that. That's so, that's so turlish to throw on the <laughs> if any at the end of that. Uh, yeah, I suppose it is. I, I, I think I'm interested. I mean, obviously, there's the quarterbacks, which you've talked about. Um, I guess that has to be it, right? I mean, is there something better than the quarterbacks? Guys, guys, baby. I mean, he, like, that's, that's the dude. Right? Wasn't that the guy that we were most excited about last offseason? Then he had one carry, and I think it was preseason game one, and it was like a really nice-looking run for a first down, and he came up lame. Yeah, no, that's, that's the guy, and that's right. I, I, I like Geist Geist Baby. Is that already a T-shirt, or is it just like in the hopper? No, I just think, I just think that way now. I'm just conditioned. <laughs> you speak entirely in T-shirt slogans. That's amazing. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, okay, I'm excited about that, but I'm just, I, I think part of my problem, and this goes back to the enthusiasm thing, is that, like, uh, it, it just feels like uh, it's hard for me not to be pessimistic. It feels like, you know, we were excited about Geis, and he suffers this injury, and then, like, we're excited about Geis coming back, and then there's these reports of a hamstring injury, and so I just, I, I can't shake the feeling that anything that might be exciting me about this team is somehow going to turn around and disappoint me. And I mean, I can't imagine where I would have gotten that uh, impression from this team based on the last 20 years, but it's kind of where I'm at. I thought you were going to be the story you'd be most interested in this preseason, if any, would be uh, Adrian Peterson's crippling debt. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I am devoutly, I, I think it's on, I think I set myself up for it somewhere on this rundown, but like, I hope they cut that guy. That's one of my, like, <laughs> that's one of my 2019 Redskins dreams is like a winning record. And they cut Adrian Peterson at some point. I, I, I cannot, uh, I, I cannot deal with another season of hearing like, wow, what a great dude he is in person and how impressive his physique is and how he has a really strong handshake. And, and then I just sit there and I'm like, man, that guy really likes punching kids. Yeah. You know, and I like, if you take Peterson out of the, the uh, equation and you assume health which is a big assumption for guys and even bryce love the lower draft pick out of stanford who tore his acl last year um i'm excited about the running back group yeah agreed like guys thompson love i guess piran i don't know like i don't want peterson hogging carries and i feel like peterson also is like woefully ineffective unless he's hogging carries yeah, agreed. And and I think actually my overall enthusiasm would escalate substantially if Peterson were not involved. I just I, I didn't enjoy watching him run. I didn't enjoy I really just didn't enjoy anything about the entire Adrian Peterson experience. And I am not looking forward to repeating it with a full training camp on top of it. Yeah, there's that of like even when it goes well with him, it's hard to enjoy given yep. all the off the field stuff. But like I also think it's kind of incredible that he had such a productive season last year. Like if you look at his performance over the last, I don't know, five years or whatever, it gets pretty amazing that he ran for 1200 yards with the 2018 Redskins. I'm still not sure how it happened. I mean, sure. Are you more impressed with him or with Josh Johnson when it comes to 2018 Redskins? You know, here's the thing. I wasn't even that impressed by Peterson. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm contradicting myself if we went back and like played the tapes. Um, Oh God, let's never do that. I couldn't even remember what app we used for the podcast. So I'm (laughs) guessing that nobody has the tapes. 
I thought it was called Biscuit, so, you know, whatever, man. I still thought we were on Bumpers. Anchor. Shout um, out to Anchor. You know, I think that Bumpers must have been what, at least I had, like, the B in my head, and that's where I came up with Biscuit. Yeah. Jesus, that's I guess depressing. the point I'm trying to make is, like, I, I'm, I, I think it's incredible that Peterson had this, like, last, like, dead cat bounce 1,200-yard season, but it wasn't all that impressive when it was happening. You know what I mean? I feel like there was a lot of like carries that were for, you know, zero or negative yards. There wasn't like, he wasn't like getting yards that other backs weren't going to get. It was, you know, it wasn't that type of performance. And it just wasn't fun to watch him. It, it just wasn't like, it wasn't even when he broke free, it was like, well, the sure that makes up for the, you know, dozen mediocre runs, I guess. Um, yeah. Oh, the thing that will always bother me about him and backs like him is the lack of a dual threat. Like when he's in, you know that it's either going to be a run or it's going to be a pass not to him. Yeah, he just I guess he just doesn't feel in in step with what I've enjoyed watching in the NFL in recent years. It just he feels like a throwback in all the wrong ways. Uh, I hope he's going. I wish him all the success and happiness in the world, just that I don't have to watch him. Yeah, this is a throwback in terms of like, you know, parental discipline. <laughs> no, I'm proud of you. I, I usually you dodge those, and I'm proud of you for yeah. going for it this time. All right, what's next? Uh, source of most irrational optimism? Did we cover that? Did no. we just cover that? Oh, uh, I don't think so. Uh, oh, you have one. Yeah, no, I do. I have one for this. My, my okay. source of completely irrational optimism is the rookie wide receivers. I'm convinced that uh, both of these guys, Harmon and the other guy whose name I always forget, McLaurin or whatever, um, I'm genuinely convinced they're going to contribute and that all the people who are listing wide receiver as a weakness for the team are going to be pleasantly surprised i think we'll get a rash of stories being like oh wait maybe this isn't as bad as we thought uh, i have no no basis for this and i want to be very clear that uh, as i said i can't remember one of the guy's names and uh, i don't think i've ever seen the other guy play more than like 10 minutes total what is the wide receiver depth chart roughly you've got the two rookies which i think are mclaren and Harmon. mclaren maybe that's it uh, uh nc state guy and ohio state guy Neither of which was like a high draft. I mean, wasn't McLaren like third round and Harmon was like fifth or sixth? Yeah, and Harmon, I feel like people were more optimistic about. I feel like he was one of those ones where people were shocked he wasn't taken earlier, whereas I think uh, the McLaren dude, I don't think people were uh, as excited by that pick. So we've got those two rookies that mm-hmm. aren't necessarily, you wouldn't expect them to be like difference makers when they're like mid-round picks. Except that uh, I irrationally do. Well, of course, yes. Uh <laughs> I mean, it was teammates with Haskins. They've got to be a great connection. Right. Um, okay, so they've also got Doxon, of course. Right. Oh, and if he if he were packaged with Adrian Peterson and shipped out of town, I would be okay with that too. Just you know, for whatever whatever it's worth. Uh, Trey Quinn. Yep, it was supposedly going to be a big time contributor this year, despite being I feel Mr. Like irrelevant. He's an international optimism guy. Like I feel like people are expecting like eighty catches out of Trey Quinn. Yeah, and I will say I do not share the irrational optimism around him. That uh and then who am I forgetting? We have to have more than four so receivers. I, I'm looking at it. I had to look it up. Yeah, they've With got Ross Crowder. They've got Jehu Chesson, uh, who I don't know anything <laughs> about. They've got something called a Robert Davis. Uh, they've got Darvin Kidsey, which I guess is a real thing. Uh, Brian Quick makes his triumphant return. And then, uh, did, did you say Paul Richardson? Uh, oh, I forgot who I was forgetting. I knew I was forgetting like a legit guy, not legit yeah. good, but just like a, a dude who's definitely gonna be on the team. 
Yeah, you would think he'll be on the team. Then there's two guys with the last name of Sims. One is Cam Sims, and the other one is Steven Sims. Uh, and then there's uh, something called a TJ Raming or Rahming or something like that, who uh, I'll come to later in one of these other categories we've got lined up. Uh, okay. I, I won't jump ahead either then, even though I was tempted. I have an irrational optimism. Uh, I, it's like adjacent to this category, mm-hmm. which is the Kevin O'Connell thing. All right, let's uh, hear it. Yeah, I mean, like, I think the Post just published a pretty long story, pretty meaty story about how he's the next McVeigh. And I'm right. not sure what the evidence is other than he's like young-ish. He's not as young as McVeigh. He's like 34, 35. And he's coming up through the Redskins ranks pretty quickly as like a quarterback's coach than an offensive coordinator. Is there any uh, other? Are there any other comparisons? Uh, he's white. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I have no idea. I like I, I, I keep hearing it. I don't see it. I don't know anything about it. But sure, I mean, he can be the next McVeigh. I'll, I'll get on board your optimism train for this one. Well, I just don't know. So I have two things. One, I guess, is just like I don't know some throat clearing, which is like. I don't really know what he's done to warrant that comparison other than being like a young white offensive coach. I mean, that's that's what Cliff Kingsbury did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, it's a, it's a trend. Like it's a real thing. Like the next McVay thing. Uh, so that's just the first thing is like, I really don't know like what, like why he would be like a hot coaching prospect, what he has accomplished. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's great in the room. Sure. I, I Rob Ryan said he's good looking. That happened. Well, Rob Ryan uh, looks like a man with a keen and distinguishing eye for other men. But I guess the other thing is, like, what are the decision points in, like, let's say the Redskins offense performs well this year. O'Connell is a hot coaching prospect. Like, do you just let him go? Do you just let the next McVay go when you let the real McVay go already in favor of Jay Gruden? Um, Sure, why not? I mean, like, just keep doing it. Like, keep Jay around. Jay seems like a nice guy. He's just, he's just so middle of the road. Like, I'm not saying get rid of Jay Gruden, but like, at what point do you say, you know what, we're going to cut ties with Gruden because we think this guy's a, a real, you know, next great coach? Well, it's a real baffling situation because what I can't think of the output result whereby you can sell O'Connell to the fans, but also justify getting rid of Gruden. You know what I mean? Like. Right. Short of Gruden getting drunk at a press conference and assaulting a reporter. But, like, if the team performs well, you're going to have a hard time getting rid of Gruden. Um, unless, I don't know, are we in for a full season of, like, a whisper network of people, like, leaking from Redskins Park that, like, all the successes are from O'Connell and Gruden just keeps trying to do stupid shit? If, if that's happening, you know that they really want O'Connell. You know, because, like, I think that's why I can never really question them letting McVeigh go is I think weren't they coming off of a nine win Gruden season I, I don't even like remember that. yeah I, th- I think it I mean it wasn't bad like I mean Mc- Gruden only has seven eight and nine win seasons I think they were maybe coming off of like consecutive winning seasons nine and seven and eight seven and one I think um, so it's like what are you gonna do are you gonna fire the guy and for his coordinator who's like 28 with no experience like yes. no you just you, well maybe in hindsight you could say that but no like no I said time, it at the time too I think I was totally well, you're, you're a noted <laughs> hater though you're a noted player hater true that's that's true and coach hater and also uh, executive hater I just kind of hate alright source of most pessimism which is probably perfectly rational but whatever either way <laughs> Well, uh, that sounds very me. Um, I, the source of most pessimism has to be Trent Williams right now, right? Um, he's yeah, biggest concern, at least. 
Yeah, and I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't. I, I they didn't have a backup plan for him, which seems like a really major oversight. Um, and now he's not there, uh, which drags down the rookie quarterback. It drags down um, everything. It certainly will. Uh, let, it, it will help people talk about how much Adrian Peterson gets hit in the backfield before running for two yards. So that's good, I guess. But um, yeah, no, that's, that's definitely the thing that worries me most right now, aside from just the overall miasma of negativity around the Redskins. <laughs> I mean, I'm very concerned about Trent. Uh, there's just been, I feel like this whole off season has been like story after story of, about his discontent or health. You know, uh, it's not it's not good when your best player is the source of all that. Yeah, and I am totally on board with the idea of them trading him if they could get anything in return. Um, I don't know if they can or not. Uh, I realize it doesn't solve what I was just complaining about, but it feels to me like uh, the only thing worse than not having Trent Williams this year is paying Trent Williams way too much for the next eight years mm-hmm. uh, until he's broke down and useless. Um so it seems like one of those times where people say things like, you know, the smart teams get rid of their good players a year too early rather than a year too late. Like, it seems like a, a time to do that sort of thing. But I don't know. It, it's hard to see a good outcome. I mean, stray thought, uh, if the Skins do go 3-13 and 13 this year, uh, we just draft the best left tackle in college football next next April. Sure. I mean, that and that works, except that um, – I'm sure if we go three and 13, we will identify other needs on this team as well. So, you know, uh, we are lined up though, right now, like just taking stock of it to use a really high pick on an awesome offensive lineman. Like we've got the quarterback, uh, we've got, you know, two really high picks on the defensive line. Uh, I don't know, like either like a, like a corner, like a badass corner or a badass tackle is probably what you would be using like your draft capital at this point. Yeah. I mean, that checks out until somebody gets injured this year or somebody regresses or, I mean, God knows what, who, who, Jamie, so many horrible things can happen. It's just, it's, it, I can't see any positive outcomes. Well, I, I didn't prepare my answers to your questions here, but just in terms of pessimism, I, I it, it's perfect. It is perfectly rational. So actually, yeah, this is very well prepared. It's just the receivers like you're irrationally, optimistic i Uh I mean i think we i was shocked when i saw like a receiver power ranking like a receiver unit power ranking a couple weeks back that had the redskins at like 30 30th i think i was like there's two teams worse than what the redskins have at receiver who are they it was like baltimore and buffalo or something i you know i would definitely teams teams you would never watch if given a choice i would take baltimore's receiving core over the redskins and i'm not even quite sure who's in it um, yeah. is, is, uh, is Steve Smith still there? Like, <laughs> exactly. They are more likely like to bring back Steve Smith. a good retired player than we are. So I will take their guys. I think like, I think like to use this term again, dead cat bound Steve Smith is better than like any Redskins receiver on the roster. Oh, absolutely. Plus anything that keeps you using the term dead cat bounce makes me yeah. happy. Love that term. Uh, all right, preseason Hall of Fame candidates. This huh. is my, one of my favorite things. You love this. This is the best. Do you want to go first on this one? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a good prepared answer for this, unfortunately. But you mentioned Cam Sims. I think he was borderline preseason Hall of Fame last year, if, uh, I, if I remember correctly. I think he was the one, yeah. He's There's... like the really big receiver, right, Let's... who was making plays in the preseason? Um, he is six foot five, 215 pounds, second-year player out of Alabama. So, yes, that was him. I mean, that's 
to me, that is just preseason Hall of Famer written all over him. But you know who has even more preseason Hall of Famer written all over him is TJ Roming, who is lists at a 5'6", 170-pound rookie out of Duke at the wide receiver position. Oh, oh my God. So, yeah, I mean, like, I don't even I don't even need to know anything about him. Although if you look, he actually put up some real numbers at Duke. He's, you know, uh, broke a couple broke or tied a couple of Jameson Crowder's records. Um, But you show me a guy who they're listing at five, six, which means he's probably like the size of Bob Costas in actuality. Uh, And and I I will I will make that guy preseason Hall of Famer. Uh, Another possibility was a running back by the name of Craig Reynolds. Um, who sounds like a fast pass-catching running back out of something called Kutztown University, um, which is in Pennsylvania. Craig Reynolds. It sounds like Craig Reynolds is like – I bet if I search pro football reference right now, there is already like a Craig Reynolds in the database. I actually thought Craig Reynolds was an actor, um, although I can't think of from where. But um, I think a baseball player. Yes, okay. There was a Craig Reynolds. I think he played for Houston. Yes, he played for Houston. Wow. In the 80s, Craig Reynolds led the league in triples in 1981. There was also an actor uh, named Craig Reynolds in the 40s, but I've never heard of him. I was thinking of somebody else. So I was wrong, even though I was sort of right. But anyway, uh, he sounds like the kind of guy who is going to excel in the fourth quarter of preseason games and get some people really excited and then get cut and never play snap in the NFL. So uh, fired up for Craig, the Craig Reynolds experience. So I'm doing a little like preseason Hall of Famer prospecting here and maybe like maybe if you're doing like fantasy this would be like a keeper league pick mm-hmm. so for 2020 preseason hall of fame the 2020 class bryce love oh absolutely well no but bryce love might actually turn into a real life football player yeah that's true like yeah if you draft a guy what was he fifth round i don't remember um like he figures into their like actual regular season plans at some point <laughs> oh oh here's another possibility he's the opposite of tj roming this is uh, tight end donald parham a rookie out of stetson whatever that is who is a former basketball player who is listed at six foot eight 237 pounds mm. um that which man i mean you, that's, you you you've rattled off a few guys that have me excited for the preseason now absolutely i cannot wait for the third and fourth quarters of these terrible terrible games so, so who are your who are your top three there in summation uh, running back um, was Craig Reynolds, wide receiver TJ Roming, and uh, the tight end was named something totally different that I'm already forgetting is Donald Parham. Yeah, Parham or Parham. I mean, other than Jordan Reed, who is a Redskins tight end? So Vernon Davis is still around, uh, rivaling Adrian Peterson for the ancientest person uh, on the team that people still seem to like. Um, you've got Matt Flanagan, who Cooley raved about last year. I think that was the guy that he liked a lot and like really talked up. There's uh, Jeremy Sprinkle, who caught a touchdown or two last oh, year. Oh, yeah, Sprinkle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's somebody named J.P. Holtz, which I don't remember at all. I don't, I don't know. I know nothing about J.P. Holtz. So, okay. Yeah, there, uh, there you go. Right. If you want to really take a walk down memory lane, Google Mr. Irrelevant Redskins preseason Hall of Fame. And there's just so many good players from the past. I feel like there should be, I don't know, like a wing, a wing of Redskins Park just for the preseason Hall of Famers, the legends. I mean, you're going to need to do something to commemorate the last two decades, and it's certainly not going to be like a postseason Hall of Famer. So, yeah, sure. So 80s and 90s, here are the three Lombardi trophies. <laughs> yeah. 2000s and 10s, here are the Here's Marco Mitchell's game-used jersey. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, All right. Good times. Non, non-football story you're most looking forward to from training camp, parentheses, dumb media bullshit, coaching staff, general skins, fuckery, et cetera. Well, I think that summons up the major categories. Um, I don't think I'm looking forward to any of these. I guess coaching staff, kind of. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Rob Ryan show, um, which, while I will criticize his ability to select to select attractive men just based on his whole look and feel. I'm excited to hear his quotes. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not looking forward to the dumb media bullshit part. I'm not looking forward to, uh, I don't know, whatever Chris Russell meltdown happens. I'm just, I'm not looking forward to any of those things. <laughs> I think this thing might've already happened with Mason Foster getting cut yesterday. Yeah, see, that, that's a there's a few of these guys. Mason Foster was one, Colt McCoy's another, where like they must be really nice and talkative to the media because things happen to them and the media gets really like worried. Um, and it ha- I, they cut Mason Foster, and I was like, well, okay, I, sure. I mean, it's Mason Foster, yeah. I mean, so Mason Foster, uh, I think he got cut yesterday, like the day before training camp. His agent shot off some tweets. Um, about, you know, basically you don't treat people like this. He's a nine-year veteran. He played and started all 16 games last year, whatever. Um, as a fan, like, yeah, I, maybe it was poor business. I don't really care too much, though, about the on-field product. Like, Mason Foster, to me, never seemed like more than, like, a replacement-level middle linebacker. Right. He, he, like, literally was the most replacement level. He seemed perfectly fine. But what got me interested in this was that I received some DMs, and I haven't done any research on this, so I'm just going to caveat all of it. I have no idea if this is already out there, but I received some DMs that the that they cut him because of some shit that he was doing on Twitter, where he was threatening fans. Well, wasn't that? Didn't he do that last year? I thought I thought he did that last year. Was it last year? I mean, the timestamps on literally like screen grabs that I got are from like very recent times interesting and now and now he has no twitter account well i will say that threatening fans seem like maybe it's from last year i, I don't know again I, like i did not vet this i'm just like what the fuck it's, but it was like public looking tweets and now he has no twitter account uh let's see here did he, is this like a story that came out last year and no no like, no this is this appears to be live there were some negative times towards the team fan base last year but um, apparently as of like last night, it was on Reddit that he was being sued for threatening a fan or something like that. So that drives exactly with what I'm seeing in the screen craft that I'm seeing. The tweet was, quote, you're a Mark. Shut up before I have my little cousins run down on you, Mark. This is real life. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you could interpret that statement, James. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm, I'm more fascinated by this who even knows if it's real Redskins fuckery that I got in my this is very Redskins. I mean, that is that this is, you know, somebody doing something bad and then the front office mishandling it badly and then the worst details leaking out. I mean, that's no, and like some of these other screen grabs are like lawyers are involved and there's, you know, this is illegal and loud. Your, your client broke the law. Loudoun County doesn't play around when someone makes threats on the internet, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Jesus. Very Redskins. Yeah, super Redskins. Uh, though I can't wait until somebody gets drunk and talks about it at one of those bars in one Loudon. That'll that'll close the circle and make it as 
uh, Redskins as it could possibly be. Well, look, I hope this wasn't the straw that broke Mason Foster and he goes out and with his little cousin and, I don't know, find somebody in real life. I really don't want to see that happen. Yeah, uh, me neither, especially not you or me. Stay away from us, Mason point, Foster's cousins. You should watch watch your step, man. All right, <clears throat> let's move on. Uh, predict, predict the unexpected preseason storyline on-field edition. Uh, I'm going to go with Case Keenum looks really good. That's my prediction. So I'm going to go with – I mean, I think that's that makes sense. And and why wouldn't he? He's like a 10-year veteran. Like, he should look good um, playing against, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> Donald Parham and whoever else we just mentioned. <laughs> also, he's got to be motivated. Like, I think there's something to – these like Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh McCown, like veteran quarterbacks who are kind of playing out the string. Like this could be his last shot at starting in the NFL. And don't you think he's going to like just freaking go for it? I don't know why I didn't say fucking just fucking go for it. Like I, he's like a 30 something year old, uh, some semi vagabond QB and the Redskins top two guys in the depth chart have broken legs. <laughs> I would think he's just going to take advantage of the opportunity and yes, probably look good in the preseason. Yeah, that's 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 as much as I've got. Um, uh, and then I don't think he'll get the start. I think they'll give it to Haskins anyway. Yeah, I think if Haskins is like shows promise and is like, you know, looks like he might be ready, he's going to get the start. Oh, yeah. I mean, if he can like walk and chew gum at the same time, I think they're going to go ahead and make him the start quarterback of a National Football League team. So this one, this this prediction for unexpected story, preseason storyline on field edition is totally unfounded. I just like the the Montez sweat hype. For sure, I got a feel on it. Like it's something about it rose me. Like he's gonna be a dud. Oh wow! I like this. Yeah. This is a good one. Like like that he that they you know stole him in the draft and he's like a total freak. And you know like their their front seven's gonna be so fearsome when you throw him in the mix with Kerrigan Allen. Pain, Ionitis, like I don't something about it. I just feel like it's gonna go the other way, and he's gonna like just have trouble adjusting. Uh, I will say that I am actually optimistic about him, which would tend to bolster your point that something's gonna go horribly wrong. Yeah. Uh, that said, like, there's a big part of me that's like super fired up about potentially having like a freakish sack master type dude. One more possible unexpected story that I could see that I guess is on field is I'm still I still think it's possible that either Peterson or Doxson gets cut. I really do, or traded, or somehow doesn't wind up on the team. Are you just trying to plant this? Like, yes, I'm trying to speak it into the universe. This is like the uh, the secret or whatever it is. I've got a whole vision board that's just pictures of Adrian Peterson walking the other direction. <laughs> speak it. All right. Um, anything else on the Redskins? Uh, no. Some other stuff. The, okay, here's the next item. The Wizards are a team that exists, I guess. Yeah, apparently the Wizards are a team that exists. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm a Wizards fan, so I'll just say, like, I am glad that Grunfeld's not there. I'm kind of disappointed that they couldn't hire, like, a hotshot GM. Took, like, three months to figure it out. And then came at it with this, like, unorthodox, outside-the-box you know, many hands make light work approach where they're bringing in <laughs> like Sashi Brown from the uh, Browns. Is Sashi Brown? Is that his name? Brown? Yeah. yeah Sashi yeah. Brown from the Browns. I don't think I ever put that together. Um, and like the medical guy from the Sixers, when the Sixers have had a lot of medical issues 
and then kept the GM who was like the undercard to Grunfeld. I don't I, it, It's interesting and orthodox, but and I'm glad it's over. But I'm also not optimistic. Yeah, I had some optimism. And then I listened to the uh, what's his name? Wodge, Woj, what do you call the guy? Yeah, uh, his podcast with with GM Tommy Shepard. Um, yeah. And the guy was just the most generic, like sports talk cliche sports ball sports sports you know like he was he was like 10 seconds away from explaining that uh, it's not the x's and o's but is in fact the jimmies and joes uh that really matter out there it was just it, i was really underwhelmed and so now i'm even less whelmed than i was I, previously i preemptively whelmed myself by not listening to that pod i was like do i want to listen to tommy shepherd and Woj? No, I don't. <laughs> As always, you are a smarter media consumer than I am. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by the Sashi Brown thing. Like, I, I do like that they might take, like, you know, pick your adjective, like, unorthodox, out of the box, like, analytical approach to this rebuild that is almost certainly necessary. You know, and it's interesting what they did with Cleveland going 1-31 and, and then coming out on the other side with, like, a team now that has, a, you know, really bright future, seemingly. Um, sure. And it's interesting to see, like, you know, the Sixers did like a prolonged version of that with the process in the NBA. So I, I don't know. I don't know what you do with Beal and Wall. And the future looks very bleak for the Wizards. The next three seasons are probably going to be like bottoming out. So why not add a guy like that to the mix who can kind of process this and maybe have the Wizards contending within the next five years? Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of the, what is it, uh, David strategy thing that like, is that a Malcolm Gladwell thing? Whoever it is, it's like that idea that uh, sometimes things just get so bleak that your only hope is to do something totally wild and unpredictable. And I, I like that they're at least doing that. So we'll see. But yeah, the Wizards, they exist. Um, okay, what's the next item? Uh, other stuff, if we want. Timely Game of Thrones wrap up. Did we not talk about Game of Thrones? I no, I think we, I think we, we need, talked like, a post wrap up. I think we talked about it in the run up to the end uh, and then not at the end. I will say um, we are we are coming up against a hard stop here. So I'll keep this brief and mm-hmm. say um, it was bad. I did not like it. It made me sad and I wish it had been better. <laughs> I will say in like the, the, the 30 to 60 days of aging, it has not aged well for me. I, 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 I'm mostly remembering like the nitpicks rather than like the awesome scenes or whatever. Yeah, there was very little good for me in the last season. And worse than remembering the nitpicks, it's all just kind of faded for me. I'm just like, oh, yeah, we already had the last season of Game of Thrones. I, I already forgot about that. I think my biggest problem is I don't really care how it ended. Like I, the whole like just like coda was it, it didn't really matter. I don't know. Whatever. It's, I feel like nobody won the Game of Thrones. Well, I mean, in some ways, the Game of Thrones was just the friends we made along the way. Bachelorette thoughts because we were on this ish long before every single sports site was the ringer light. It's true. It's true. You and I used to G-chat about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Did you watch this season? uh, I did my usual job of, like, it being on in the same room and paying half attention to it. Yeah. The the Bryce Harper lookalike was an all-timer all-timer and it really like it was fascinating because it served to make me uh feel even better about bryce harper leaving town because this guy was so annoying and looked oh, like God. bryce harper yeah. that it it, it had a, a knock-on effect he was the worst also i liked the bachelor at the beginning but i've grown to despise her and i don't <laughs> even know why i um i just something about 
she's very like uh, affected in a way where she no, she always seems like she's sort of acting in a way that I, I does not appeal to me, but she seems like a, a funny, enjoyable person to be around if you like that sort of thing. It's made me not like the state of Alabama. Um, wow. So the other thing about this season, I, I just quick point, it feels more produced and more like they've cast actors than ever before. Like, oh, it absolutely. It feels like now I'm watching a full blown like soap opera disguised as a reality TV show. Absolutely. Uh, but I think people are really embracing it. Like, I think it's having good results. So yeah. I think you can expect more like that. Other TV shows they were watching or not watching or something. Just finished, finished Big Little Lies. And I got to say, like, the Meryl Streep versus Nicole Kidman, like, narrative was fantastic. It was great TV. See, I totally miss Big Little Lies. So uh, most of Twitter and the internet has made very little sense to me for the last several weeks. Um, but It's I, only seven episodes. So, you know, not bad. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm still, I'm still behind on Stranger Things, which I actually wanted to watch. I did manage to watch Russian Doll, which I thought was good. Oh, you know, I liked Russian Doll. I didn't get all the way through it because I, I was on a solo mission there. My wife didn't care. Gotcha. Um, Stranger Things, I, I might opt out. I'm like two episodes in and I just don't give a shit about the monster. I, I might have already opted out because we never actually started season two, despite really liking season yeah. one. I, th- there's that, uh, there needs to be like some sort of official designation for the moment when you're like, Oh, wait a second. No, I'm never going to watch this. I'm, 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 it's not going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, just, I love everything. In, I love the characters and the casting in stranger things. I love like the nostalgia and like this, like, but anytime like there's some, supernatural monster shit happening i just don't do not care it's just a bad monster i've been uh i've also been re-watching lost because one of the game of thrones podcasts that i li- liked turned into a lost recap podcast uh so i've been sort of re-watching with them and that show uh at least the first season holds up remarkably well really i'd like to good. come back to that the premise i mean just the pilot was just knock your socks off yeah, and the actors are really good, uh, better, even better than I remembered. Um, uh, it was, it's good stuff. One of your topics here is Twitter, colon, why? Yeah, man. I just can't figure it out. I can't seem to quit it, and yet I cannot figure out what I hope to get from it. Like, what, what is a uh, – you have – your business is on socials. You're, you're yeah. on, on both yeah. sides. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know what I'm hoping to get from being on Twitter. I cannot figure out what like a good Twitter day would look like. That's tough. I don't have to look myself in the face and say, why are you addicted to Twitter? Because it is part of my job. Like I should be addicted to Twitter. Right. But for you, that's got to be hard to live with. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's easily my least favorite thing about myself right now. And that's a pretty long list, but that, that's topping it of okay. things I don't like about Matt Turtle. Uh, last two things. State of Beer 2019. Anything in particular? Hoppy. Yeah, no, it's it's a uh, real hoppy. Yeah, <laughs> it's extraordinarily hoppy, and I'm, I'm with it. Yeah, in the summer I, I'm, I'm very hoppy, and the in the winter I'm dark. You know, oh, we that's pretty much how I how I roll. We've when the when the temperature breaks into triple digits, I actually buy in on all the sours and gozes and mm. stuff like that. So that's where I've been for the last week. I can't wait for it to end. I'm ready for normal beer again. Last one: podcasts and why we love them, especially at 1.75x speed. Yeah. I mean, specific speed. Well, it's, it's, it's the fastest I can do it and still actually feel like I'm retaining anything at two times speed. I will laugh at the jokes, but I would not be able to tell you anything about the episode after the fact. I'm still at normal speed. And now I, I feel weird about that. I, I just, I, uh, I've said it before, but it's really hard. Um, 
listening to them all at 175 speed, especially with the thing that drops out that breaks, because then when you hear people speak regularly, for whatever reason, you, you think that they've suffered major uh, neurological damage and you feel bad for them. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really a, like I, it. I have a podcast thought. The, the Ringer like co-produced a podcast about Lollapalooza 99 hosted by Steve Hyden, mm-hmm. but it's on Luminary yep. exclusively. Yep. So I'm just not going to listen to that podcast. Yep. <laughs> I would totally want to listen to yep. I, uh, I They also did the Rewatchables 99 and put it on Luminary. And I was like, ah, you know, I, I do love a lot of those 1999 movies. I just rewatched The Matrix for the umpteenth time. And I looked to see what the free trial of Luminary was like, but it, it was it was too daunting and I couldn't deal with it. So. I'm and yeah nope. it would have to be like a podcast like about my like family or something yes. <laughs> for me to want to subscribe to a paid podcast platform yeah i don't mind uh going to patreon and paying some money towards the actual creators of podcasts that i really like but the idea of paying for a platform does not appeal to me at all all um, right is that it i think that's it i feel like we're back man i feel like by this the end there, we were really just uh throwing haymakers yeah, you know, I do feel like I'm back in potting shape. Uh, we probably won't do this for another month. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to you again around week six of the NFL season. All right. Thanks, man. See you later. Talk to you.